welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, we're continuing our series this morning called Follow. We're up to part seven. And essentially the series is about us following Christ. When I was young, I, I used to play a game like many of you did, Simon Says. And, and the, the, the premise of the game was to do what Simon said. And if Simon didn't say it, you got in trouble. You got kicked out of the game. Many people do their Christianity like that, walking this tightrope. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? As if Jesus is trying to get us out of the game. That's not the heart of Jesus. We also played another game called Follow the Leader. And I think that's more of a picture to ask of what Jesus wants. He wants us to follow him. Just follow him. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like following him, but I'm going to follow him anyway. I've got some doubts, but I'm following. That, that's, that's the name of the game. Just follow in spite of your thoughts, in spite of your fears, in spite of your doubts, in spite of your unbelief. Just follow. Yeah. In actual fact, every one of the disciples started following Jesus as an unbeliever, as a skeptic. That's where following Jesus starts. By virtue of every one of us being here today, it's part of the following process. Some of you come because you just you just you just you're not sure you're you're, you're a little bit skeptical. That's where following Jesus starts. Every one of us started there. Every one of us starts following Jesus in a state of unbelief, disbelief, and that's awesome because it just makes every one of us on an even playing field. And this whole series is about us following Jesus. And as you follow Jesus, you get to know Him more. And as you get to know Him more, you end up finding more about Him and wanting to do more for Him. It's no different than a great marriage. Been married for 21 years, 22 years in February. And uh, the longer I'm with my wife, the more I love her, the more I get to know about her, and the less I used to do, and the more I live to please her. It's not a chore. I don't walk around like, Kath says this, Kath says that. It's just, I just, we're just following one another and enjoying one another's company. And I believe that's a lovely picture of what it is to follow Christ. And so today, having said all that, uh, my title is simply this, Follow the Leader. Because essentially, this series is about us following Christ. And if you're following someone, it implies that someone is leading. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Not too deep for you on this Sunday morning. By virtue of us being followers, it implies there is a leader. Followership has leadership. And here's the problem. People don't associate the church with leadership most of the time. Have you noticed that? Most people don't rate the church when it comes to good, strong, solid leadership. Probably one of the main reasons is because leadership is all about the future and leadership is all about change. Leadership is about bringing change to embrace the future. That's essentially what leadership is. But when you think about the church and when you think about religion, we think in the exact opposite terms. We talk about the past and please don't change anything. Leadership is about bringing change to embrace the future. Many people view the church as a place where, you know, we dwell on the past and we don't want to change anything. The church has more of an anti-leadership culture than anything else. If you look at church traditions and you look at some of the paintings, particularly the paintings of Christ himself, it's not a picture of a strong leader. 
In actual fact, when you look at most pictures of Jesus, and they are quite insipid, they are quite weak, they are quite limp-wristed, they are quite anemic, very pale. It looks like you know he needs a little bit of suntan. It look, he's got blue eyes and blonde hair, which is against the culture in which he grew up in. And we kind of paint this very bleak, very anemic, meek and mild fellow. And yet, when we study the life of Jesus, we see that he was an exceptional leader. He built his brand in a little over three years. He had a global franchise and he never clocked up one frequent flyer mile. And some 2,000 years later, it's stronger than it ever has been. That does not just happen through a weak, insipid, anemic, limp-wristed man. This takes an exceptional leader and Jesus himself was an exceptional leader. You've got to get out of your mind this, this picture of Jesus, just meek and mild, turn the other cheek. We, we, we view Jesus as the guy that turned the other cheek because, you know, it's better to get one hit than get beat up. So just turn the other cheek and run away. That's not Jesus. Jesus had a strength in him. There was a boldness and a confidence in Christ. He was an exceptional man and an exceptional leader. And he came to lead, which means he came to bring change. He did not come just to be a religious figurehead. That was not the purpose of why Jesus came. He came to change the world. He came to upset the religious establishment. Everywhere he went, he upset religious people. He brought change wherever he went. He was an exceptional leader. Jesus' standout quality was not only seen in his leadership, but how he approached leadership and what he taught about leadership. He modelled a very different style of leadership than the people of that day were used to. And he provided lots of leadership training along the way. And I want to say that if you are ever in a position where you are the leader or you are viewed as the leader, then I want to look at how we need to exercise that authority today because our leadership style must follow the leadership style of Jesus. You want to be an exceptional leader? Then we need to follow Jesus in his exceptional ways. And I want to read from the book of Mark this morning. Mark was not one of the apostles. Mark was a friend to Peter. And Peter and Mark would have spoke, you know, many times about what Peter, as an eyewitness, saw and heard. And it was Mark that penned down those words that were spoken. And we find in Mark 10, this account, reading from verse 32. It says, they were on their way up to Jerusalem with Jesus leading the way. And the disciples were astonished while those who followed were afraid. So you can be afraid, but as long as you're still following, it doesn't matter. Again, he took the 12 aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and he will be handed over to the Gentiles who will mock him and spit on him, flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. And then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, 
We want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. I imagine Jesus got a bit of a smile in his face. Have you ever been a parent where your kids go, I want you to do whatever I ask. Is that you go on? What is it you want? Jesus is having that moment right here. Um, they replied, let one of us sit on your right and the other sit on your left in your glory. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I baptize with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great must become your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I love this account. Let's just quickly recap. Jesus is yet again pouring himself out. He's giving his best. He's having one of those DM moments, those deep and meaningful moments. He's saying, guys, I want you to know things are going to get a little bit rough. I know you've been enjoying the ride so far, but it's all going to change. I am going to be handed over to the officials. I am going to be flogged. I'm going to be spat upon. I'm going to be whipped and beaten. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be killed. But you know what? In three days after that, I will rise again. I mean, he is pouring himself out. Have you as a parent ever just poured your heart out? Hey, kids, you know, it's been a bit of a tough week. You know, the finances. Have you ever done one of those moments of just pouring yourself out? And in true childlike fashion, the kids look at you almost to dismiss everything you've said and said, anyway, can I have that ice block? <laughs> Any parents who know what I'm like, you pour yourself out. We can't afford to go on the holiday that we talked about going on because the finances just aren't there. Oh, I feel terrible about letting you down, kids. I'm so sorry about that. Me and mum have ached about this. We've prayed about this. Oh, we've, 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 we've lost sleep over this because we don't want to let you down. Gee, we're gutted to the very core. Oh, do you understand what we're saying? Can I have a nice button? Like, what? <laughs> you ever done that, parents? This is what's happening here with Jesus. Jesus, I'm about to be betrayed. I'm going to be, I'll even, you know, I'll even, they'll spit on me. He even, he even gets it right down just to the lower, they'll even spit on me. I mean, you wouldn't think that was even worthy of a mention when you're talking about crucifixion, but Jesus said they're going to spit on me as well. He's trying to get every basis covered. And this finishes. And James and John go, uh, anyways, I'm just wondering, could you do us a favour? I mean, Jesus is pouring himself out and the disciples totally missed the point. Uh, anyways, Jesus, you know, whatever. Um, let's get back to more important things, namely me. Um, got a request for you. That's what's happening here. Jesus pouring himself out. Two of the disciples... James and John, who are brothers, are so insensitive and just ask 
for something for themselves. In other words, at that moment, they are more concerned about themselves than they are about Jesus. And they say, can one of us sit at your right hand and the other sit at your left hand when we're all in heaven in glory together? As if that's not bad enough, the other 10 disciples were ticked off. I mean, they're mad as heck, probably because they didn't think of it. They're like, oh, what a great idea. Oh, wish I'd have thought of that. Seriously, that's where much of the angst comes from. People say, oh, I wish I'd thought of that. And so now you've got these two very ambitious boys and 10 ticked off disciples. And Jesus has been pouring his heart out. Does that sound like family? Parents, you pour yourself out, now the kids are all arguing, like what? And all they're really saying is, I want what he's got, I want what she's got. And there's this kind of massive food fight starts. And Jesus goes, whoa, whoa. And being the great leader he is, he's not put off. Having just poured himself out, he then goes into a teaching mode yet again. He says, Go, stop it, stop, stop, stop it. Imagine getting hit by a sandwich. Stop it. Just stop. Sit down. Sit all of you. I'll bang your heads together. Just sit down. That just happened in the Rainbow household. Who was ever threatened to have their heads banged together? Imagine Jesus like, sit down, I'll bang your heads together. Just sit down. And so he can see it's not just the two that are ambitious. It's not just James and John that want to be great. He knows that the problem is they all want to be great. They all want to be the top dog. They all want to be the lead guy. And what I love about what Jesus does, he does not say that's a bad thought. He does not tell them off for wanting to be great. He does not tell them off for wanting to aspire to be a leader. He just creates a teaching moment. And without rebuking them for their ambition, he wants to direct their ambition. You've got to catch this. Ambition is not bad as long as it's directed in the right place. And Jesus says, I want to direct your ambition and use it for good because right now it's going to be used for bad. And so he sits them all down and he begins to teach them about what leadership is. He says, so you want to be great. And the word great simply implies to lead, to rule, and to exercise authority. So Jesus is basically saying this. If you want to be my follower, then you must follow my example when it comes to leadership. And so I'm going to teach you about leadership. This is a leadership teaching, a leadership training moment right here. And he starts with what leadership is not. See, leadership is not dictatorship. That's what Jesus says. He says, so you want to be great, you want to rule, that's great. Let me tell you what it's not. Leadership is not dictatorship. In other words, it's not all about you. Leadership is not about you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's not about you. (laughs) 
Turn to the other person on the other side and say, you either. And then tell yourself, and it's not about me either. See, Jesus shines a light on worldly authority. He shines a light on the way people viewed leadership at that time. And you know what? 2,000 years later, not much has changed. He said, you know, you, know what, you know what it's like out there? Those people in leadership, they want to lord it over you, tell you what to do, feather their nest, make it all about them. They're at the top. Everyone else is underneath them, serving them. You know, do what you want to do, be what you want to be. Do it when you want to do it. Say what you want, when you want. That, that was the world view of leadership at the time. And Jesus said, it's not that. 2,000 years later, still the same. And it's not that. It's not dictatorship. Leadership is not about you. So when we say, I'm not going to church today because I don't want to, that's dictatorship. It's you saying, I want to do what I want to do with no regard to what Jesus wants us to do. That's dictatorship when you put yourself at the top. As a husband, when you won't lead your wife lovingly and caringly and bring her with you along the journey, it's dictatorship. It's not all about you. When the offering comes past and we choose to put it in this week because we've got some money, next week we don't. That's dictatorship. It's, it's you declaring that you are Lord. It's to acknowledge the Lordship of Christ when we make our own rules as we go along. It's raining today. I don't want to go to church. I am Lord. We might be able to sing, I am Lord, I am Lord, but we can't add, I am risen from the dead and I am Lord. We can't add that. He is Lord, He is Lord. He is risen from the dead, He is Lord. See, we think in terms of dictatorship as an Adolf Hitler, <laughs> Tony Rainbow, whatever. <laughs> Been called worse. But we never see it in our own lives. And Jesus was brilliant at saying, oh, you know, let me shine the light on you. Let me show you where you're like Adolf Hitler. Because Adolf Hitler just wanted to do his own thing and have a world according to his ways and his laws with the people he wanted in it. And are we much different? And Jesus says, that has to change. That has to change. I want to go to church where I like the music, where I like the person next to me. It's not about you, and it's not about me. Jesus smashes the notion of what leadership is not. Then he says what leadership is. He establishes what it's not. Then he says this is what leadership is. Leadership is leveraging our authority to benefit others. To use what we have been given by God's gift to help and benefit others. That's true biblical leadership. Jesus, you've heard what people say. You've seen how people lead, but not so with you. 
In other words, Jesus is saying, as a follower of me, I expect you to be different. You're still going to live in the world, but you're not going to live like the world. You're not going to talk like the world. You're not going to lead like the world. You're going to lead different. Not so with you. We're not going to lead that way. You're going to lead the way I've been leading you. I want you to follow me in my leadership model and my leadership example. In other words, he turns their thinking upside down, which is really right side up. And he says, you want to lead? You want to be great? Then you better know how to serve. Leadership and greatness in the kingdom of God starts with service. It starts with helping and benefiting others. See, leadership's not about being up the top. Leadership's about going first. Have you ever ridden a motorbike? If you've been been on a motorbike with two people, this is what you'll know. It's the person on the front that gets all the bugs, not the person behind. Isn't that right, Daryl? Daryl and Emma on the motorbike, just saying. Daryl's showing off, bugs on the face, Emma behind him, clean. That's leadership. Leadership goes first. And people that go first get the bugs. And so leadership is not about being up the top and everyone serving you. It's about being out front. And so as a leader in this church, and I say, hey, we're going to take up the offering. I need you to know something. That in the area of giving, I go first. It's not something I ask you to do. It's something I lead by example. When we talk about certain percentages being given to the church, it's something I do first. And we lead by example. When we say, let's praise and worship and let's sing to God, whether we like the song or not, let's just, let's just, I do that first. And so I'm down the front here because I'm trying to model something to the church. I'm trying to model something to our kids. I don't have to like the song to be down the front lifting my hands and singing and praising and jumping. Because I want to be a model. It's about serving. It's about going first. It's not about sitting there saying, can you worship for me? It's about leading by example. We see this in marriage. It's a great picture to us in marriage. For a marriage to work, it's about we serve one another. See, this notion that the man is the head of the home is if that means he can sit on the couch with his hands down his pants and a remote control in the other hand and change the channels as much as he wants, that's not leadership. Leadership is about serving. It's about picking up the vacuum cleaner from time to time and then handing it to your wife. No. Probably one of the saddest things I see, particularly in split families, is mum having to be mum and dad while dad just becomes 
another friend. Because he doesn't take his rightful place as leader. Setting the example and the tone in the house. It's about leveraging our authority to benefit others. We need to learn to serve and we see that with Jesus. Jesus' greatest defining moment of his leadership was when he laid down his life. He said, I haven't come to be served, I've come to serve and to lay down my life as a ransom for many. Why did he do that? To benefit us. That's leadership. Laying down our life to benefit others. When we say, I'm not going to church because I don't want to, that's not laying your life down. It's not leadership. See, leadership is about us benefiting others. And what you need to understand, your absence has an effect on people. When you leave all the work to others, it has an effect on people. People burn out, people get tired, people get jaded. And so when you see someone tired, jaded and burnt out, we can be part of their answer by serving and by helping instead of leaving it to the faithful few. This is Leadership 101. It starts with us serving. Jesus laid down his life as the ultimate example. Some of you might say, that's great, but that doesn't work in the real world. Well, I want to encourage you. Even if you read some secular books on leadership, and one I would recommend is Jim Collins' Good to Great. And there's a, there's a portion in his book where he talks about the level five leader. And uh, they did a survey in all these different companies with all these different CEOs. And they found the distinguishing traits of all the leaders of great companies. It was not charisma, but it was humility in the leader that was the common denominator. This is what Jesus was talking about 2,000 years earlier, before Jim Collins was. Jesus said, It's about us humbling ourselves. Jesus is not against point leadership, senior leadership. He's not talking against that. Every organization needs a leader, every organization needs a point man. Point woman. They need someone to make some decisions. He's not talking against that. He's not talking about being passive and unproductive. Much of what I do is leadership in this church. Yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I do preaching. But much of what I do is leadership so that we don't stagnate, so we don't get stuck. So, that, so there's, a, a, there's a need, a very real need for point leadership. But it needs to be in this spirit of humility, because we need to be people that use our leadership to leverage our authority to benefit others. And my last point is simply this. Leadership is for everyone. Everyone in this room is a leader. Every one of us. Every one of us is a leader at some level, even if it's leading your own life which very few people seem to do well because we don't understand that we are leaders. When we are faced with an opportunity to steal something or not and we lead ourselves out of that by not doing what we wanted to do, that's leadership. 
when we look at something on the internet we shouldn't, we're about to click that button, we lead ourselves away from the screen. That's leadership. When we're flirting with a girl we're not married to and it's getting too hot, uh, we, we, we lead ourselves away from that. That's leadership. Every one of us in this room is a leader at some, of the, at some level. At the purest, basic, most simplest level, it's you leading you. Can you imagine if everyone started leading themselves, it would eradicate all blame. If everyone started leading, instead of blaming the fact that that internet was, and, and that girl, and that guy, and, and nobody was home, and if we just led ourselves, and Jesus wants us to get to this place, this style of leadership that I've talked about works at every level. It works in the home, Works in the family, marriage, business, and the church. Can you imagine what marriages would look like if we adopted this style of leadership? Can you imagine the kids that we would bring into this world if we modeled this type of leadership in our parenting? It gets quite exciting. I truly believe with all of my heart that even if your boss doesn't want to become a Jesus follower himself, he should want to employ Jesus followers because of the productivity that you bring to his world. Yeah. Your boss should be saying, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe in what you believe in, but is there any more people like you? Because you're great. Yeah. When you say, I want to leave, they should want to hold on to you. Yeah. If they were willing to let you go, that says something about you. Whenever you leave a job, you should leave kicking and screaming because they don't want to let you go. And they should be saying, if you must go, is there anyone else in your church that could come? Because you're just too good. You bring a dynamic. You bring something that no one else does. What is your secret? And we say, ah, let me in. Let me in. Let me tell you about a, a model of leadership. See, I do believe in evangelizing. I do believe in, in sharing our faith, but no one's listening if we're not modeling first. And so what does this look like in your world? What does it look like in your world? If we're going to have the keys come up, that'd be great. I think where this can all start for us is if we take some time out of our busy schedules Stop, think, and pause and ask ourselves these two questions. One, what can I do to help? When you say, what can I do to help, you are exercising leadership. That's what leadership is. It's leveraging your authority to benefit others. What can I do to help? Just think about that for a moment. Even in this church, what, what do you do to help this church be this church? Young ones, what, what do you do to help your family, your mum and dad, be your family? Or do mum and dad do everything? What do you do? Can you imagine young teenage kids that are influenced by Victory Church going home to atheist mum and atheist dad and saying, mum, dad, what can I do to help? And they say, you never used to say that. 
And then they do the math and hang on, you've only started saying that since you've been going to that church. I think that's going to spark an interest. Well, well nothing. I just, we, just, we just got taught that this is leadership. Offering to help. Offering to serve. Leveraging my authority to benefit others. I have an authority as your son. I have an authority as your daughter, mom, dad. And I want to use that authority to help you. What can I do to help? Hey, maybe before you ask that question, just go look at your bedroom. If it's untidy, don't, just, just start tidying your bedroom. Using your leverage. Because contrary to popular belief, it's not your bedroom. You're just a tenant in your mum and dad's house. It's not your bedroom. You don't own it. And if you do want to start owning it, start paying. It won't be a parent. Even that would go, so mum, I realise... It's my bedroom, and I, and I want a messy bedroom. I think any parent would be happy with your messy bedroom if they would start paying the mortgage. So you'd knock yourself out. Cool. So what can I do to help? How can I loan who I am to who you are? How can I loan me to you. It's leadership. It's leadership. If you got here just a little bit earlier than most of you do, you'll see there's a lot of things that take place to make this church what it is. If you got here early enough, you could look at Jeff and say, wow, I know what I could do to help Jeff. I could help with the chairs. I could loan me to him to help with the chairs. So number one, what can I do to help? Number two, what can I do for one that I wish I could do for everyone? See, we often think, I can't make a difference, I won't do anything. But a better question to ask is, what can I do for one that I'd love to do with everyone? You see, for me, I'm a people person. And I love people, I do. And I wish I could just spend quality time with every one of you, I do. But that is impossible, you know that, don't you? And if you're not quite sure whether you think that's impossible, just, think, just imagine you trying to do that. Then you'll get your answer. But this is what I can do. I can do for some that I can't do for everyone. But it's my heart to do it for everyone. How can I lend me to you? You know, one thing we get all the time in this church is, wow, I get to speak to the pastors. You guys don't just shoot off. You actually hang around. People love people. It's weird that that's such a novel concept to me personally. That may change as multi-site start and all the rest of it, but for now, it's just one little thing, one little example. But what can you do for one? You may not be able to do for everyone. Will you do that? You may not be able to have everyone over the church, but you could have one person at a time. You may have a pool and it's coming up to summer. 
You may not be able to have everyone over at once. Imagine that. Oh, Just be like, we wouldn't all fit. Then you could have one family, and then next week you could have another one family. You can do that. Can't we? This is leadership according to Jesus. And the question is, who are we going to follow? Who is Lord of your life? Is it you? You dictator you? Is it you? So you thought a dictator was having a little moustache, didn't you? You did. <laughs> Dictatorship is putting you first. And Christians do it all the time. Do you think my dad needs to be here this morning? You don't think he hasn't heard me say this stuff a thousand times? Most of what I got, he gave me anyway. He's like, I said that. I mean, people who are sitting around him, they always hear dad, your dad's always talking. Whenever you're preaching, I told him that. Who's ever heard, who's ever heard my dad just talking here? I know, what he, I know what's going on. I know, I know. I told him that. I, I remember the time I told him that. He told, I, I told him that. Young punk, it took him a long time to get hold of that. I told him that. I told him. Point being, he doesn't need to be here. He's not here for himself. Why do you think he's here? I'll tell you why. Because if he wasn't here, let's be honest, if dad just said, I'm out of here, how would it make you feel? You'd be disappointed. You'd be shocked. Some of you would lose your faith over it. And he knows that. He knows that. So he's using and leveraging his authority that God has given him as a granddad in this place to benefit you, to benefit me. I think even I'd miss him. I wouldn't miss him just talking while I'm preaching, but I think I'd miss him. (laughs) So you don't think I know, I know. I don't need to be here at the praise and worship for me, I don't. I got up real early this morning, as per normal. Went for a great walk, listened to the music I listened to. Had a great time, me and Jesus, it was awesome. I did not need that for me. But you know what it did for me? In being here for others, I got something out of it as well. But I didn't come... Kath and I didn't come. As some of you driving here, you know what I'm on about. See someone in the car park. Hi, how you doing? And the kids in the back are like, what the heck? Why can you put, the kids are thinking this, why do you put that much effort at home? Wow. Because it's poor leadership, that's why. We put more effort into looking like it's all good than actually putting the effort in to make it good. And Jesus has none of it. And he just shines a light and pokes and prods and prods and pokes. So Jesus, you make me feel uncomfortable. He says, yeah, good. I almost knocked myself over then. I almost tripped 
Come up here, team. If we're going to have this style of leadership, we're going to have to confront something in our life. And that something is our ego. Because contrary to the theology of skyhooks, ego is a dirty word. No? No one knows what I'm on about? Beck Foster, come on. Give me something. And another word for ego is just pride. If we're going to be true followers of Jesus, we have to settle this. Who's going to be Lord in our life? Christianity is simply this. We get off the throne that we've been sitting on our whole life, the throne of King I, and we let King Jesus take his place. That's Christianity. It's not a crutch for weak people. It's a gutsy surrendering to the greatest leader of all time. It's a smart move. And every now and then we're like, okay, Jesus, uh, can I have a turn? Just, and we say, no, no, you're leading. You're leading. Jesus was not a dictator. Jesus according to Scripture, only ever did what he saw his father doing. He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood because of what he was about to endure. He says, if this cup can be removed from me, let it be so. There are legions of angels ready to come on his command. He says, yeah, but not my will, yours be done. Angels are like ready. They're like, we're in. They're, they're ready for a fight and they just don't get the order because Jesus doesn't give it to them because he himself is a man under authority. Never ceases to amaze me that little king eyes get together and have a go at leadership when there's no authority in their life, they do whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it. Leadership is not doing your own thing. Leadership is staying under authority. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen, and God bless.